Welcome back to this special edition of Dylan Friends, a Brownlow special edition of Dylan Friends with Tommy Mitchell and Lockie Neal. Very excited to sit down with these champions and talk all things Brownlow medal uh, and also just what they're up to at the moment. It's going to be very exciting to see these guys, what they think is going to happen for the grand final, the Brownlow and what the rest of their seasons look like in terms of training, getting ready for next year and, and both being in the news lately as well. So be interesting to see their thoughts on that. But firstly, me, what have I been up to of lately? Been a big time, very busy time, um, locked inside time. I've actually found it pretty incredible when you lock yourself inside, you end up being sometimes busier than when you uh, go out. I suppose you put off so much things that uh, you need to do. And um, for me, I'm well and truly sick of that now. I cannot wait to, to get outside. I've actually found the last two weeks super challenging to stay focused. And yeah, just that lack of connection has been super, super tough. So very much looking forward to getting out and about. It was actually said today in Victoria, we're allowed to picnic. I'm going to be the number one picnicker in Victoria um, over the next few weeks, and I'm very much excited to to get out there and have a few cordials with friends and catch up and get some connection back because I'm missing that. The sun's coming out too, which is which is unreal. So good things happening, my friends and family. Um, cannot wait to, to do that. If you see me picnicking, make sure you come up, pull up a chair, have a beer, make sure they're a bloke in a bar, and um, we'll have a chat because I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, besides that, the studio... Can't wait to be allowed back in there. I'm nearly sure with Dylan Friends and List Cloggers next week we'll be back in the studio, which is unbelievable. I'm so excited to get in there. It's going to make things so much easier. Really looking forward to taking that to the next level, um, which has been cool. So, yeah, I've just been basically working as hard as I can, trying to get as much content as I can, which has been really challenging just doing everything online, but also kind of cool because we've had some people on that we wouldn't have really got on if we weren't sort of in lockdown. So in a way, it has been a little bit of a positive. But yeah, I'm just really excited for what the, the next little bit holds and going to go as hard as I can in work and, and just in life to, to finish off the year and really set the tone for 2022, which is crazy. I sound like an old man when I say, but fuck, cannot believe it's September already, which is weird. So I'm rambling on a bit, but yeah, just thanks again so much for all the love and support over this uh, latest lockdown. I can't even remember what one we're up to, but... Yeah, it's been incredible and, and really has helped me out so much just stay on task and and um, connect with you all. So I really, really do appreciate that. The show uh, in the last 12 months has, has developed so much more into just a footy show and I hope that you've enjoyed that. I hope that you've noticed that. Um, I've been just loving doing so many different episodes chatting to just different cool people that yeah that I really like and and really want to get to know more of and there's so many other things that I want to touch on so if you ever have any ideas of other sort of avenues or, or routes that we should be taking with guests um, please get in touch because yeah we'd love to get your opinion on on, on guests or who to speak to because it's definitely something that I just love learning about new people and different topics so Definitely keep these ones in, but I thought we'd go back to the original roots to the show, which was footy, and uh, and now that we're in lockdown, I was speaking to our good friend Tommy Mitchell yesterday to do a Brownlow special. We've got Lockie Neal involved as well, who's an absolute star, as I said. Come on and chat about the Brownlow. Who's going to win it? What actually happens in these uh, these nights, these situations? Who's there? Is there any undercover secrets that we haven't uh, known about that things they have to do and and uh, and go? I, I don't believe for one second players go there and and uh, they they act cool, calm, and collected. But if they're not kidding themselves, you want to go there and you want to win the Brownlow. Um, I've never been in that position, but I can imagine that's what they wanted to do. So it'd be good to get some answers from the boys tonight on that one. But but nevertheless, as well, it's just a big week in footy. I'm hoping to get some other interviews with some grand final players um, over the coming weeks and, and get plenty of content out there, which I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be an unbelievable game. I think I tipped them all wrong, but 
if you look back now and, and you see who's in it, Melbourne, Demons, we probably couldn't have asked for a better turn out of that. They're so in form. And I know the prelims have been a little bit sleepy, but I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it's going to be absolutely massive. You know, when I look back at the year that we've had as well, we've been lucky enough to sit down with Caleb Daniel, Max Gorn, Christian Petrarca late last year, and Aaron Norton of late. Yeah, just wrapped and blessed to have the opportunity to sit down with those guys and really just want them to go well. It's hard when uh, when you you know these guys, and obviously there's going to be one winner at the end of the day. So, yeah, hope it's a good game. Hope they absolutely dominate and, and go well. But, yeah, I know how big these weeks are and, and didn't want to annoy anyone because I know that if it was me, I wouldn't want to speak to anyone. A couple of stories, though, that have come out of this that have really picked my eyes. One person I just respect to the max is, is the story of Rourke Smith which is unbelievable. I think it's two ACL, seven one-year deals, delisted twice, and he gets his chance to play in, in a grand final, which is, is un, unreal. I just love that shit, and it's going to be so cool. I think Gardner as well from the Doggies was working at a pub in Yarraville and playing at Footscray, which is just incredible. Like, who would have thought that he'd be fucking playing in a grand final? You know, he probably wouldn't have thought that back in the day, and it's unbelievable. And then you've got Gorney, who, who we love, and he was on the show and, and spoke so passionately about Melbourne and and the history there, that episode as well. If you haven't heard that one, definitely go back and listen to, to Max Gorn, Caleb Daniel, Aaron Norton, and and Christian Petrarca because they're all stars. And I'm bloody pumped to see them go. But the Brownlow, it's big. As we said, we've got the boys joining us shortly. I'm very excited to see what their thoughts are, what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. And um, a lot of impressive views by a lot of players. We said Petrarca, Clayton Oliver's another one, the Bont, Jack Steele, Ollie Wines, Sammy Walsh, amazing. If Carlton won some games, he would be winning it, I reckon. And, and Darcy Parrish. So what an exciting list of talent. Let's get into it. Let's have a chat with the boys. And thanks again for all your love and support. Let's go. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends podcast. In many ways, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How this is for meditating? It's like, <laughs> we had a Wu-Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it's it. knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Lockie, Neil and Tom Mitchell, welcome to the show, boys. It's been a long time. Lockie, I'll start with you. How are you, my friend? I'm going very well, thanks. Very well. Last few days have been a little bit quieter. So uh, recovered and ready to attack my off-season program. Now, it wouldn't show because you still look absolutely incredibly uh, handsome over there in, in Brisbane, my friend. You, you're always looking good. And, and thank you for, the, for coming on tonight. Tommy, how are you, my friend? We've been seeing way too much of each other lately. Yeah, it has been too much. It's a bit over the top. Um, yeah, I think I need to share the story of what happened last week. Uh, we'll, get, we'll, <laughs> no. get to that. we'll get to that later. <laughs> we don't need to get into that straight off the cuff, but I will ask you both um, what's been happening. Now, Lockie, you alluded to it just earlier that you're a little bit dusty, obviously. Unfortunately, um, kicked out of the finals uh, in the early stages, and I'm assuming there's been of some festive uh, festivities been happening of the last few days. How has how's it been? Yeah, it's been good. We all caught up. Um, over the weekend just been because we were in sort of like isolation playing some dirty Vicks the week before. So <laughs> um, we weren't allowed out anywhere or anything like that for, for the first week. So it was a good way, just a, a nice little um, rub your face in the mud for us, um, get kicked out in straight sets and then can't leave the house for a week. So that was uh, that was nice. But now nah, the last few days have been good, caught up with the boys and um, yeah, it was uh, unfortunate that we went down by a point to the doggies, but uh, I think it shows we're not far off as well. So hopefully we'll be thereabouts again next year. Does that make it 
harder or does that make it easier knowing you've you lost by one point to a team that plays off in the grand final? It, it, is, it, is it a harder pill to swallow knowing that that could have been you or do you sit back and go, well, fuck, at least they actually went on to make the granny? Yeah, I think like early on it's probably harder because you've realised how close you were. But um, once the dust settles, I think it's it shows that um, we were right in the mix this year, so um, not far off being um, in the position that they're in. So hopefully it's us next year. And we've got to ask, mate, you – you single-handedly broke the internet a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think there was people, it was up there with the Kim Kardashian um, type trending through Twitter. There's people calling it from everywhere. Talk us through your recollections. You've come out and gone absolutely whack. I'm staying, my friends, get out of my face. But what was that week like for you? For people that don't know what happened, someone was reporting uh, Lockie was going to be heading home. Um, wasn't the case to be, but how was that week for you? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was probably worse for... For Jules, to be honest, um, I was able to turn my phone off and stay off social media, but um, she was copping a bit of heat, so I probably felt more for her and um, I suppose the attack that she sort of got on, on those platforms and then probably by some people in the media sort of questioning my character about all of that stuff was um, probably affecting her a little bit more than me, but at the same time, um, I don't really care if people attack me about my footy and um, what happens on field, but there was a couple that sort of went at my um, personality and and, um, my loyalty and things like that, which was a little bit disappointing, but uh, these things happen, so I'll move on pretty quick. But, yeah, it was sort of fast-forwarded for us. We Obviously, Jules has got family in Perth and I have really strong roots there and um, a lot of support over there through family and friends. So I've got a bit of family in Perth too and um, with COVID, we'd sort of discussed the possibility of, of going back at some stage. We didn't know when that might be one year, two year this year or sort of five years' time. It sort of came out that I was going to request a trade this year, which which wasn't the case so, yeah, came out a couple of days later and, and sort of righted that wrong, I suppose. But, yeah, it's good to move on from it. It was, it was pretty hectic. I can imagine, man. It would have been absolutely nuts. And it's crazy, I suppose, you, you moved to Brisbane to get a bit more of a chilled lifestyle and, and these things are still <laughs> popping up. Um, Tommy, even yourself, you're being – not that this episode is about trade week at all. We've stumbled across <laughs> this, this. We'll move on from this quickly. But you've even been thrown into that many articles of late and – and I suppose even early in the year about some stuff that you were getting a hold of too. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, similar to Lockie, like you have to laugh sometimes at some of the stuff that comes up. Like I was apparently, apparently Lockie was taken off and I was going to Brisbane and then the other day I was going to Port and I was going to Richmond. <laughs> apparently I'm going to every team. I'm going to play for every team next year. So, nah, it's, uh, it is funny. You've got to laugh at that stuff, yeah, especially when there's no truth to it. You're in demand, boys, and that's a good thing to have. My articles this time of year were all about um, getting other contracts. So, look, it's a good problem to have. I know you two can't see it, but it is a good problem to have. Now, obviously not uh, where we want to be. You boys want to be there winning flags. Um, but at the moment, I thought, why not get two of the absolute superstars of competition? And luckily, my friends, Ball Magnets, um, to come on and talk about it. something very special that's happening this week being the, the Brownlow, you two have both been there. You've both won it. You've both single-handedly dominated and carried teams on your back for seasons. You've got the three votes. You've put the medal around your neck. How exciting. Are you going to be watching with intently this round? Is it What does it mean to you to win this firstly? Is it is it as big as what people think it is? Tom, I'll start with you. Oh, I think, yeah, it's something you probably reflect on later in your career. I, I remember as a kid, I used to always love watching it. Uh, it's not something you strive to do, but you know, I think it's a pretty prestigious award. It's obviously a huge build up to it. Um, yeah, I'll be going. So uh, I've got an email from the AFL. I think there's five of us in Melbourne who are going. So due to COVID, there's not many that can attend. So I think there's uh, 
Sam Walsh, Darcy Parrish, Zach Merritt, Josh Kelly, maybe one other, Jack Steele. So I think it'll just be a nice intimate table of us just sitting around watching the count. But um, my tips to Bonds, I think Bonds and Pally is going to win it. They're holding a function in Melbourne, so um, not exactly sure where that'll, where that'll be. Wow. Um, but yeah, not not doing the day trip to Perth, unfortunately. You're allowed um, like picnics and stuff now in Melbourne, aren't you? It might be, might be a picnic. Brownlow picnic. <laughs> Man, I'm the picnic king. I'm telling you now, there's no no one's going to be hitting harder a picnic than I am. Um, Locke, are you heading over to, to the Brownlow? Are you allowed to travel at the moment? I, I don't know. I actually live inside my house and I'm not allowed out, so I'm not sure what is happening in the rest of the world. Are you allowed to head over to WA? I don't think so, um, but we have a function at the Gabba on on Sunday night, yeah. So we've got um, like Gold Coast and us and then I think a few sort of other people that are holidaying in Queensland um, that are coming to the Gabba function. So apparently it'll be pretty similar size to what it was last year at the Gabba for us, um, which was, yeah, a good amount. So should be good. Tommy said he's picks the Bont. Who's your pick? And also give me someone else that you think is a smoky to finish up there somewhere, someone else that you think actually could hole relatively well that we might have thought of and Tommy I'll come back for yours I think the Bond as well he might sort of get it might get run down late but yeah it's going to be close I reckon obviously Wines had a really good year and Clayton Oliver and Petrarca will be up there too but um, I reckon Jack Steele come home in the second half of the year really well he, he played some good footy and the Saints started to win quite a few games in that back half so um, he's my I don't know if he's a smoky he's probably one of the favourites I don't know but I think he'll be right up there yeah probably probably Sam Walsh is another one I think you know there's probably the five or so names that Lockie mentioned who are probably um, you know tipped to win but I think uh, Sammy Walsh will poll pretty well especially as a young player at awesome season so I'd love to see him get a few votes what do you think boys like how do you win a brand like I don't know that's a stupid question but <laughs> do you think now like looking back is it about consistency, uh, consistency throughout the year, or is it about you know having polling three voters? Is it just polling two voters? What what do you look back now and think like is actually a Brownlow year? Do you want me to go, Lock? Uh, yeah, you can go. I'll oh, go after you. I'll have a crack at it. Um, oh, <laughs> probably, it's probably, you're probably not going out there thinking I want to get threes, I want to get twos, that sort of thing. I think it just comes down to you want to perform at a high level. I think most players in the league would say that you want to perform at a high level every week for your team and. How you do that, I think, comes down to preparation. So if you've, you've put the work in, you know you're going to go out and you know, you're confident in your ability to play well. So first and foremost, you're out there to win. You're out there to play for the team and win. And then, you know, obviously, you want to perform at a high level. And, you know, for me, I guess that's uh, preparing well throughout the week, uh, making sure my body's feeling good, done all my touch and preparation so that give yourself the best chance to play well game day. You've probably seen, like, if you poll threes, you have to do all that stuff Tommy's talking about. But to win it, like, if I think threes usually win it. So... If you can pull eight or nine sort of best ons, you're going to be in with a chance. So, it's like consistency is probably important, but you could see a guy have like 12 really good games and he's in the mix and the other 10 he's no good. So, I don't know how, how many games Tommy pulled in, in his Brownlow year, but I think mine was 11. And what did we play? 17 games in 2020. My other six were like putrid, I reckon. So, you've just single handedly dominated <laughs> half the season and then <laughs> and, and not pulled in the others. But talk us through the, the second half of the year because I know that's probably where it starts to tighten up a bit. And I, look, we're not – this is a, a, a podcast between friends, okay? No one else is going to listen to this. Don't give me this shit like, the, you know, it's a team sport. We want to win premierships. I don't care what you say. When it gets to that time and you're a chance to win the Brownlow, you'd be lying if you said you didn't want to win it. How – does the mindset change towards the end of the year? Do you actually think like in your head like, fuck, I actually could be a chance here. I'm getting written about for the Brownlow. 
Did it go through your mind at all in those last like three, four, five games? I think for me, it's might have gone through my head like early in the week, but once you're playing, like never think about it at all. The only time I ever thought about it was on the field was I tackled Blakey from Sydney and it was almost like a dump tackle. I think a couple of their players said like, oh, there goes your Brownlow or something. And I sort of thought, <laughs> oh, I might, I might actually be in trouble for this. And then it got showed on the replay a few times on the big screen when I was playing and, and noticed it. So I thought, oh, maybe that is done. Um, but during games, like, yeah, never think about it. But late in the year and, and early in the week, you obviously hear a bit of that chatter. But yeah, come game day, I've never thought about it. Yeah, I think in Melbourne, probably in Brisbane's a little bit different, but the fishbowl of Melbourne, you know, it's, I agree with Lockie, I guess, game day and things like that. It's not something you think about. It's more, I guess, the week to week people, you know, the conversations out with people, people talk about it. It's a bit of a topic. So that'd be the, the time, I guess, that it comes up. Just people who love footy and are real passionate about it. But what about you, Bucks? How many brown levels did you pull in your, career, your footy oh, career? I didn't, didn't pull any and it still keeps me up at night, to be honest. What about um, the game? That was actually pick three. No, no, it's no. fucking bullshit. Yeah, I know. No, it's absolutely bullshit. I, I still actually yeah. keeps me up at night thinking about that game. At least, like, genuinely should have polled one, and I've looked up who was re- reporting that game since, and it, it still does annoy me. Um, with the the Brownlow, my theory on the Brownlow, though, and I think, like, I purely think this happened to, to both of you, was when you won – the season before, you probably should have won as well. Do you think you nearly have to like win the Brownlow, not win it, to then win it the year after? Like you need to have a breakout year, deserve to win it, not really poll as well, and then the next year going in, you end up playing exactly the same, but you end up winning the Brownlow. Does that make sense? Yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. I don't think I would have beaten Dustin Martin though. That's a bit of a pop up <laughs> for me, Gil. I think you had the best best season in the history of the AFL, but thanks. Um, yeah, I think I know what you're saying. I think uh, – you know, obviously the media make a lot of noise around the awards. So, you know, everyone's only, only human, I guess, the umpires and things like that as well. And the more well-known players are, I guess, they tend to attract a little bit more attention. So I understand what you're saying. And, yeah, maybe maybe you do. Maybe you have to be a consistent performer for a few years before you put yourself in contention. I think you you do have a point. There are times like in the past when you're younger, you probably think that you deserved the vote or two and didn't get one. And the big names tend to, tend to get the votes. But, yeah, it probably takes a little bit of time to establish yourself. That's why hopefully, as Tommy said, Sammy Walsh can poll quite a few because he probably deserves a lot from the year that he had. So hopefully he gets recognised for that. But, yeah, I think for most people it probably takes a year or two. Like I think probably Petrarca last year might have deserved a few more votes than what he got. So he'll probably poll a little bit better this year. He's got Oliver and, and Gorn to contend with as well. Yeah, that's a problem, I suppose, taking points from each other. Take us to Brownlow night, though. These Boys that are there to, uh, you know, on Sunday, they're going to obviously be sitting exactly where you two were, you know, not long ago to, to win. What's a night like? What's something that the average Joe like myself wouldn't actually know that actually goes on behind the scenes that happens to to uh, players in in the count? Yeah, well, the the count in Melbourne um, generally there's about six players from each club that go, so you probably get to crown. I don't know, early afternoon. And then, yeah, there's a lot of downtime. So I think everyone sort of gets together and has a quiet beer. You might catch up with some players from other clubs, some mates who hadn't seen for a while. And then obviously the girls get ready. They do their thing and the guys just chuck a suit on. And um, yeah, then you obviously head down to the red carpet or whatever it is at about six or seven. You have dinner before before they do the count. Um, and then, yeah, get stuck into the beers, which is probably the best part. <laughs> Brownlow stories, boys. Uh, there's always famous, uh, infamous and famous stories of what's happened. Does anything stand out to you guys of, of your years behind the scenes? Can you take us in into the inner sanctum of what happens after you win? You, you get awarded your medal and then what happens? Obviously, mine was different um, with the COVID 
affected year. So I was just at the Gabba. It was actually good. I had my family and stuff. We just lost a prelim the night before, which wasn't great, but was able to have my family um, and a few of my mates uh, in in Queensland, in Brisbane as well, um, which they probably wouldn't have been if it was in Melbourne. And all 45 of my teammates were um, in Brizzy as well. So usually, as Tommy said, there's only five or six that get invited from every team and the others would stay in Brizzy. So I got to see all of them afterwards and that was pretty special to, to share it with them. It was was awesome. So that's something that I, I don't actually know if it was legal at the time, but I did see all the teammates and, and a few of my mates after. But, yeah, it was great. I think um, Fags and, and Swanee and um, sort of the board, a couple of people from the board and stuff were, were um, able to attend my house after, which was great. Tommy, you had a nice after party from what you've been telling me. Yeah, well, actually before the medal was presented. So I think it was around round 21 or two or something and I'd found out I was going to win, but I was I was nervous. Obviously, I had to get up and speak, so raced out to the to the bathroom and just obviously on the waters and just trying to sort of compose and think about what I was going to say. And then at the Brownlow, they actually don't let you in and out of the doors. You can't just walk in and out when you want. So, you know, that's for the telecast and things. It doesn't look very professional. So I was actually locked out when they were about to <laughs> announce the winner. And I told the security, I'm like, oh, actually, I think I need to get in there. She's like, no. Nah. She's like, you're not getting in. I'm like, all right. Well, <laughs> anyway, and then another security guard came and grabbed me, pretty much ushered me to the chair and there was about – there was a heap of cameras there waiting and I was, yeah, I was puffed out and just sat down and then they pretty much read it straight out. So I almost missed it, which uh, would have been a story. But yeah, the after party was pretty cool as well. They gave us one of those. I think they're called Crystal Villas at Crown. I think it's where like Roger Federer stays or something. Anyway, they gave us one of them and good Hawthorne man, Stewie Giles put on a good party and ours, you know, Freo players, I think Geelong was there. Luke Hodge was passed out on the couch. So that was pretty awesome to see. But um, that was a good night. Good celebrations. Unbelievable. Wrapping up the Brownlow, we've spoken about you both think the Bont's going to win. Um, Jack Steele is your smoky. Tommy, who was your smoky? Did you have one for us? Uh, Sam Walsh. Sam Walsh. Wow. Special. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's big. If, if you know, he's going to probably win five or six in his time. Um, moving <laughs> on to the week after, I know it's hard to talk about for, for a few of us, but grand final, who do we think is going to win the granny, Tommy? Oh, it's going to be a good game. Uh, obviously, there's been a bit of talk about Melbourne's preparation. Obviously, only playing the one game in, I think, 28 days. I think they're the best team. I think the quality of footy they're playing, like that prelim, well, like they were pretty awesome. Um, but having said that, I think in my time in playing footy, the team I um, find hardest to play against is the Bulldogs. I just think when they're handball game, they're contested games on, um, they're bloody hard to play against. So I think it's going to be... Pretty tight, but I will go with Melbourne. I think Melbourne will win. As you know, played against both of them the last couple of weeks and uh, lost them both. I agree with Tommy. I think um, Melbourne will win when we played them. They're just so structurally sound and and really hard to get past. I think we kicked five or six goals in the first quarter and then maybe three after that. So when they're on defensively, they're really hard to get past. Um, Bulldogs, their midfield unreal when they're on but yeah i think melbourne will be too good and i got one for you tommy next year if you make the finals all you have to do is play us and you end up in a grand final the last three years i've been here we've played finals and the two teams we've played in in all six finals have ended up playing in, in the granny so well that might be hard mate because apparently i'm getting traded to brisbane so I might be playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'll see you here in a few months yeah, I'll, see, I'll, I'll be out there. I'll quarantine. I'll see you out there in a few weeks. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping you boys will be able to break that 
uh, that trend. Going into it, lads, give us just a little bit more on this. Is players that you've played against, and like obviously you've played against both these teams recently. Who are some players that are really underrated in these outfits that you wouldn't quite know that play massive roles for the teams? Yeah, I think the last couple of weeks, um, Dunkley has done a really big role for them. I think at halftime against Essendon, Parrish was off the chain and they sort of sent Dunkley as a forward up to him um, at stoppages and he sort of nullified his influence a lot in that game. And against us, he played on me at, at stoppages and um, they play a few tricks in the midfield and he plays a really important role for them. So. He'll probably play on like Oliver or Petrarca at stoppage and try and nullify um, their influence and, and try and hurt them the other way. So Dunkley's one for Melbourne. I think Ed Langdon, what he does on the wing, runs all day. I have teammates with him at Frio, but I reckon he's ever had a really underrated year. He's an absolute machine runner and just goes all day. He's really set him up with his overlap run and um, his run and carry. So they're two that probably slide under the radar a little bit. Yeah. Oh, not that these guys fly under the radar, but I think uh, Libba as a player is underappreciated. Like he's so good. Um, he's probably a player that I watch when I watch tape. Like I watch him. Like he's really good at what he does if you watch closely. I think Caleb Daniel's skill level is probably spoken about, but his kicking ability is pretty elite. Bont is the hardest player that I've had to match up on. Like he's just because he's so big, tall, strong, fast, like, you have to think a lot to beat him, um, which is very hard to do. It doesn't happen often. Probably from Melbourne as well, Cozzy Pickett's pretty exciting. Like He reminds me a bit of Cyril, so I think he's going to be a super player as well. Love it. From mine, um, one player that I'm really looking forward to to seeing playing the granny, um, and it's I, I love this time of year because it like separates. It gives players that have had like tough careers the chance to really elevate himself. And I don't know if he, you played with him, Locke, but Josh Shackey last week, the game that he played on Alira Lear, if he goes to someone like Lever next week and is able to shut him out of the game and nullify his his impact on the game, that will then set him up with the, the most amount of confidence to go bang in, in the years to come. So I think if he can do that again and what he was able to do, it was pretty uh, pretty special on, on the weekend. It was big for them to, to get it done. So that's why I do... I, I honestly have no idea who's going to win this game, but I do think, in a way, the doggies have a lot more role players. Like you've got Taylor Dre as well, who will probably go to Cozzy Pickett. Um, Shacky might go to Lever. But again, Melbourne, they're so strong. Max Gorn, Petrarca, Oliver, who fucking knows? It's going to be an incredible game. Um, boys, the grand final, as we said, you're obviously unfortunately not in it this year, but the eyes go to preseason, getting bigger, better, stronger for next year. Give us an insight onto this, this mindset shift. You've had your fun now. The, the pendulum uh, shifts and you go bang into preseason training. Like I'll start – actually, you're a little bit dusty still. I might start with Tommy. He looks <laughs> like he's been probably – he got locked, he got knocked out a lot earlier, so he's probably back into training. How yeah. important is the off-season, mate? Like what are you up to? Um, how much are you train at the moment? Yeah, I think it is important to have a break first and foremost. you got to let your hair down, have a bit of fun, um, catch up with the guys at the end of the season and celebrate the year that it was. Um, just, you know, spending the year together. And then I think, you know, once you do get into your training program, I think the approach is not to just do your program and come back, just, you know, you're fit and in good nick. It's like, all right, how can I come back better? So what work do I need to do to come back day one? So I'm actually better than where I was the last day of the, the last game of the season. So it is hard to do because you probably can't do a body of work. But I think with that mindset and that approach, you sort of put yourself in a good spot. What's your biggest improvement that you need to make this year? And that might seem silly because you're a Brownlow medalist. You're obviously a leader of the comp. But 
you would have had some feedback that you still need to get better at certain things. What's the one thing for you that you're focusing on this off season? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing for me the last couple of years has just been getting my body right. Like the, the leg has taken, you know, I missed 12 or 18 months, but it's probably taken two to two and a half years to actually feel normal again. So that and getting on top of a couple of niggles, like I feel as though, you know, get, getting your body in a, in a good spot gives you the stuff the best chance to work on your footy. Um, and then with my footy, it's just an overall improvement. I just want to keep getting better at everything. I haven't really narrowed it down to a singular focus yet. I just need to get my body in a good spot and then I'll think about that next. Locke, what about yourself? Yeah, I'm a little bit in the same boat. I didn't have a off-season um, or really a pre-season last year and I reckon it hurt my footy and I was never able to get on top of it until pretty late in the piece. Um, started to feel like myself probably the last four or five games that I played in the season. But before that, I was playing catch-up. So I've had a a good um, week and a half off off at the moment. Our program kicks in next week. So I'll early on just start focusing on making sure my body's pulling up really well from those sessions. And I think for me, when I was playing my best footy in, in 2020, I was driving out of stoppages with my legs and able to take a bit more ground. And this year I didn't quite get back to that. So that'll be something that I focus on, which starts in the gym as well. So I wasn't able to do much gym work last preseason, especially through my core and, and my legs. Um, so I'll, I'll look to build that up pretty early in the piece. And um, as Tommy said, hopefully by day one of, of preseason, I'm ready to go and, and can start working on the footy aspect by doing heaps of work in the gym, heaps of work on the field with my running power and stuff and, and just being ready to go so that when the footies come out early on, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. I think that was interesting, actually. I've come into that question and it shows that the difference of mindset between obviously two of the AFL's elite versus me. I'm thinking, what do what do people need to get better at? But the answer that you two have pretty much given is is obviously focus on what you need to get better at, but mainly actually focus on what you're good at and just improving that even more. Like I, I think that's something that for young players, and, and we'll talk about ball magnets and transitioning that into now, which obviously you two are involved in and you're you're dominating and it's an incredible app, which we'll talk about and give a refresher on. But the biggest thing I regret is not focusing on the things that I was good at and always trying to add something else to my bow rather than just fucking going, these are my A1s, let's just nail down these, as well as improving other things. Yeah, I think um, for me, like I know I'm never going to be a, a small defender. So like this preseason, I won't concentrate on, on working on defense. But I think when you're younger, you got to start to develop all the, all the different things. But as you said, when you get a bit older, you sort of learn what you're really good at what areas um, really help the team and if there's an area that you do let the team down in. So for me, um, I felt like my tackling actually improved this year um, compared to, to previous years so that I was letting the team down a couple of years ago with, with some of my tackling efforts and didn't put enough emphasis on that. But that was something that was actually hurting the team and that I had to get better at and, and felt that I did but also put more hours into my strengths and, than anything else. So my hands, uh, my footwork at stoppages, things like that that I'm really good at, making sure that they're absolutely cherry ripe. Um, otherwise, you just become average at everything. Yeah, I think that's why you get picked. It's uh, You get picked for what you're good at. So, so spot on what you said, Bucks. It's, you know, make that your real weapon. Um, that's a word that we use at Hawthorne. Get your weapon right and then, you know, work on your deficiencies, but make what you're really good at really good basically. Boys, let's talk about it. Ball magnets. Uh, we had an episode earlier in the year with with us two. We had Cripper on. We had Matty Rail on the show. It was unbelievable. So if you haven't heard that one, make sure you go back and, and have a chat. But Tommy, for those who don't know what it is, give us a little bit of a rundown and then give us a, a chat about what's actually happening with, with the app at the moment and, and um, what's happening in the next couple of days. Yeah, we got some pretty 
pretty exciting news, which Lockie and I are happy to share. But um, yeah, well, basically what the app is, it's a footy training app. So uh, myself, Lockie Neal, Paddy Cripps, Aaron Phillips as well. So we sort of give you a training session uh, a week, a footy session and a strength session. So train with us, there's tips and insights. So Obviously, got guys like Toby Green, Dylan Shield, Jack Viney, Adam Trelaw, Josh Dunkley, players from all over the league sharing their secrets. There's some tricks and challenges. Like it's just a really fun app that you know teaches you the right way to train, and it's sort of like a some training that you should be doing um, if you want to get better at no matter what level you play at to get the best out of yourself. So encourage all kids of all ages, parents, coaches, everyone to download it. It's going to be. Uh, pretty special and that's live on monday the 20th so make sure you yeah, get so, on that well yeah they, we didn't actually say the announcement that deal so it's actually we're actually making it free so it's going to be free for everyone so there's no payment anymore uh, and that's been possible due to our sponsors aia and iron edge so thanks to damien Mew and rick that ravensdale who have made this possible so no one needs to pay for ball magnets now so you can get pretty much the best coaching from the players for free so all you have to do is download the app that's unbelievable so I will be getting on this. Uh, I will download <laughs> some ball magnets. I need a preseason, boys. I've been inside. I've been locked down. Um, I didn't have a great rig when I was playing, so it's definitely not good at the moment. What sort of things are we looking at on on the app? And I'm talking, this is actually genuinely what you guys will be training. So when Lockie Neal is going for a running session, these running sessions will be on the app. Is that correct? Paddy, um, Tommy and I and, and Aaron um, will be able to chuck up um, some AFL standard stuff, which is pretty cool. And I think you'd be able to get that sort of access into many places. So our off-season program is pretty rigorous. I'm sure the Hawks are the same and the Blues are the same, but they'll all be a little bit different as well. So um, you'll be able to pick up on things that you like doing, enjoy doing, um, for things that you find pretty challenging, but hopefully help you in the long run. So it's pretty exciting. I've seen Paddy Cripps run a 2K time trial um, <laughs> and I will not be challenging. Oh, any kids out there, I would not be following that one. Um, maybe focus on Aaron or, or Lockie or Tom. Um, Tommy, what what's what else is on the app in terms of fitness and and strength and all these types of things? Like, what else is going to be accessible for everyone um, to to train with? Yeah, well, on the on the Cripple one, he's actually doing a speed program, speed and power, so you won't have to worry about the injury. <laughs> good, big big Rick. Um, yeah, it is mostly footy. You know, hand skills, um, kicking skills, some technique stuff, but also some um, some really cool drills that we do at AFL level, which uh, people wouldn't have seen before. It's the, the you know the the training I guess that gets you to the next level. And also, yeah. So basically, we're going to give you a preseason program. So you know, do a preseason with your favorite AFL players, Lockie Neal and Paddy Cripps. I know when I was a kid, I would have loved something like this. So that's the intention is to make it free for everyone, get everyone the best training to make the game better. And then a cool little giveaway as well, thanks to Iron Edge, is if you complete the preseason, you're gonna we're going to give away a home gym. So oh, a complete shit. home gym, uh, which. Obviously, through COVID times, uh, everyone's in need of that. So we'll give away a whole gym set up. If you can complete the preseason with the four of us, then uh, you can win the gym. So, Bucks, you should definitely download. <laughs> I definitely need some time at the gym. So you're saying if you do, if you download the app, you complete the whole preseason, you get through all the sessions, you're going to run into win a gym. Yeah, well, even, you know, it might not be realistic to complete every session, but if you've got the app downloaded, you're going to go in the running to win a home gym. Obviously, if you do the sessions, you're – you're going to get the improvement and get the fitness naturally as well, but you're still okay. in the running so, for it as so well. So I can just download the app and maybe win the gym. I don't actually have to do the sessions. Is that what? Well, we need another, we need another app. Maybe there'll be a loophole. Maybe they won't. We'll okay. figure it out. Because I'll definitely <laughs> enter if that's the case. Um, no, it's exciting. Make sure you get on it, guys. We'll all have the link in, in the show notes with the, with the app. Um, obviously, Ball Magnets on Instagram, ballmagnets.com on the app store as well. Sign up and get on that app. 
Hey, boys, before we finish up, I want to talk about one thing I'm always love to hear from you guys. You've got the most best inside in the game. And um, obviously your team, you know it better than anyone else. And I think we spoke about this last time on the show, but give us a young player from both of your teams that is going to go to take one player that will go to A grade and then one player that will take the next step from that fringe player to be in the team next year. Is there anyone that pops to mind? Because, uh, Locke, there's one that pops to mind from Brisbane, Zach Bailey, the way he went about it in that final series. I actually used to play against this bloke in the Neeful and I didn't know who he was. And to see what he's doing now, it is unbelievable. Yeah, he's a freak. I think when I first got here, I was he was the one that was like on the fringe. It'll take the next step that I used to say um, if I got interviewed and things like that. And he just improved so much over the last few years. And um, if he's not now, he will be next year. A genuine A-grade player, I reckon. He's, um, he kicks goals. I think he kicked like 30-something goals this year playing sort of half forward and, and mid. He's got an unbelievable step. Um, he's super fast and he's probably the most balanced kicker of the ball um, running at full pace that I've ever seen. So once he, he plays a little bit more footy, which he's sort of played that 60 to, to or 40 to 60 games now, once he sort of gets into that 60 to 80 and he's played that four or five seasons, he's going to be hard to stop. So can't wait to see what, what he brings next year. It's exciting for the club and, and exciting for him. One that's been on the fringes uh, a little bit, probably another mid, but um, Dev Robertson, um, I love the way he goes about it. He reminds me of like a Rory Sloan type. He just gives everything a tackling machine. Um, you tell him to do something, he'll do it without a second thought. So um, I can't wait to see see what he brings next year as well. He's He got so much fitter this year than he was last year, and I know that he's the sort of kid that will go again. So can't wait to see what he brings. He was, uh, he was actually one as well that missed out um, on the top draft so they split it now over two nights I think last year was the first time and I was actually at the draft I hope he doesn't mind me telling this story and I actually think it's, it's great because he was so passionate about it but I think he might have been tipped to go a little bit higher than he was and he was the only player at that first draft that didn't get picked up um, and there was so many guys there that you know had been picked up they got their jumpers he had to wait another 24 hours to then find out his fate but I never remember he was you know he was shattered but in a way like I can imagine how much that would have steeled his resolve to to dig deep and obviously it hasn't stopped him the way he's going now, but it probably just shows the kids out there and we've spoken about it so much that it really doesn't matter where you get picked up as, as long as you do. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I think you're right on the night. He was, he was pretty flat and, and probably embarrassed, to be honest, like he had his parents and stuff there and um, was the only kid, as you said, not to, not to get drafted on that first night. So I think in a way that's really shaped him and, and helped him um, the way he goes about it now at pre-season and, and in-season training. He's second to none and um, who knows, maybe if he went a little bit higher where he's projected, he might not have had that same hunger. But, yeah, well, well I was pick 58 and you were around the mark as well, as well weren't you, Dil? You was, I was 61. So yeah. maybe if I'd, have, if I'd have gone any higher, uh, or maybe later would have helped me a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was pick 61 but picks. still thought... Uh, I thought I was I still was pick sixty one, but still thought I was a first rounder for some <laughs> weird decision. Um, Tommy Hawks. Well, yeah, probably two that are already pretty well known. I think uh, CJ and Will Day. I think they're two players that have already shown A grade capabilities, but I think they both had injuries this year and could well and truly be cemented as an A grader next year. Another player that I think is up and coming, very young, um, 19 years old, Jai Newcomb. So he was plucked from Box Hill the midway machine. through the year. Yeah, tackle machine. 14 on debut. Uh, I think he had 11 the last game he played as well. So 
he, uh, he's a bull. So I think um, he's one of those guys that you love playing with. He's only played a handful of games, but I think he could be a serious player. Tommy as well, I, I haven't even asked you about this, but obviously big news with Clark and not there anymore. Quick word on, on Sandwich. Are you excited about this? Are you excited to have him coaching? Like what's going to be the difference? Has anything changed already? Yeah, no, Mitch is going to be awesome. I think, you know, Clarko had such an impact on us all. Like he was he was such a great coach and such a good person and, um, you know, did a lot for so much of us, um, so many of us, sorry. And, yeah, Mitch is, is the same, like just such a, a good guy who's got all of our backs and, um, yeah, very smart with his footy IQ, which I think everyone already knows about. So we haven't talked a lot of footy strategy yet. Um, so I guess we'll get stuck into that in the preseason. Mitch has sort of told us that he wants us to go away, have a break, not think about footy so that when we start, we're refreshed and we're ready to take in his ideas and content. So, yeah, we haven't heard a lot about it yet, but um, we'll wait and see. And um, give us a confirmation that Clarko's going to Carlton. Uh, can confirm. No, <laughs> no I, think, I think he's been on the record of saying he, he wants, uh, wants to have a breather and so he should. I think when you've been doing that job for 20 years, um, I don't know how senior coaches do it, to be honest. Like, nah, it'd be the most stressful job. So, um, no, I think he'll have a break and then who knows if he'll get into it after that. Uh, we spoke about the news earlier and I don't know if we even believe it, but I even heard that Carlton were trying to poach Chris Fagan. So that's where they're at at the moment. I'm not sure what's happening there. But, um, boys, thank you so much. Cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. You're absolute stars. You are like wallpaper in this organisation. You're just there. You're always welcome. I love yous. Can't wait to catch up for a beer um, as soon as we can. And um, a big shout out to you, Locke, as well, and Jules. Uh, expecting your first uh, beautiful little girl, hopefully very, very soon. Um, so shout out to you, mate. Dad is going to be what your new nickname is. Um, that's not a nickname. That's just what you call a dad. So you will be a dad and I'm very excited for that and, and can't wait to, to catch up soon. Thanks, mate. Yeah, can't wait to Thanks, see you both. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Favourite TV or, or film? Uh, favorite TV series, series the, the old Simpsons. Um, seasons one to twelve can't go past Breaking Bad either. And film, uh, big Star Wars fan, massive Star Lovely. Wars fan. Okay, wow. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.